0: This is (laughs) CliffCentral.com. Future CEOs on CliffCentral.com. This Power Woman feature is brought to you by the UK Department for International Trade.
1: Hello, everybody, and you will not believe where we're at. We're on the 28th floor right here in Cape Town, and we are one of the special guests for the Department of International Trade right here at the UK. Africa Business Trade Forum. We are so lucky and privileged and blessed, and is an eye opener to be here to interview the powerful power woman right here on our power woman session on future CEOs. Once again, my name is Lubin Boyer Arnold, and I have the privilege of sitting across the table of really a truly groundbreaking black female entrepreneur whose name is Ntsiki Liela. She's a winemaker. But more importantly, she's an African entrepreneur doing trade and business with the UK, the director of Aslina Wines. Welcome to Power
0: Woman segment on Future CEOs. Thank you very much, Shubi, and thank you for having me on the Power Woman session.
1: So, so, Oti, you hail from Natal. Take us back to the young woman or the young girl growing up. What were your visions and your dreams and your thoughts about where you wanted to be placed in life and in the country and on the continent.
0: Well, I grew up in a village. I'm from a village in Wazuru Natal called Guavutela. And where I grew up, I grew up with my grandmother. I am always call myself, I'm I'm my grandmother's daughter. I think when you grow up as a child, going to school... You know your surrounding, you get excited with everything you see. But at the end of the day, you know you want to change your life.
1: Absolutely. So
0: I was one of those kids. I knew at some point I want to change my life because you can see as you grow up in the village, this is not it. It doesn't end here. There's something more. So I went to school. I finished my primary school and I went to high school. When I was in high school, because as I was growing up, my grandmother always said she wanted me to be a a, a land surveyor. And I was like, I'm going to be a land surveyor. Okay, okay. Getting to high school and then when I was done at nine and everyone talk about uh, chemical engineering, civil engineering, and I thought, my grandmother wanted me to be a land surveyor. I'm going to do civil engineering because it's got land surveying in it. So then in that way, my grandmother would be happy too. And I found myself getting all excited. But from again. a village girl, these are big and out of the ordinary courses or subjects to
1: even consider and think about. So you're really, you're not the typical ordinary girl from Natal, if that was your thought process already.
0: Well, I think even at school, you know, when you are at school and everyone is excited, you know, there's this group in class that, um, you know, you are the sort of, I'll call you the A group in class. So yeah, sometimes you notice and people, teachers will not notice mm. <laughs> because you hide behind your good marks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: that's basically what, we, <laughs> that's what we did. The not things we did school was fantastic, but yay, we grow. And, um, so I was like, okay, everyone changed and they wanted to chemical engineering. And I was like, Mm, I think I'm going to apply for chemical engineering. And then I start applying for scholarships for chemical engineering with no luck of getting a scholarship. So what happened then? I was like, when I finished my metric, I went and worked as a domestic worker for a year. That was change. That was change. Because somebody will look at that and think, "Eh, domestic working. But actually, if you want to change your life. One step at a time. It was change from a village to do something somewhere else. Mm. Cause I went to Durban, mm. so I worked there. And when I was working, and uh, cause it was an extended family of mine, uh, so called part of my family, and they said, okay, you're gonna do your duties in the morning, and you go to school. We we'll pay for you to go to school to study. So I was gonna study at Mungo, so do Technical, do my chemical engineering, and then I'll do my chores in the morning, do them in the evening, and in between do my schoolwork. Mm. And when the scholarship came to study winemaking at Stellenbosch University, i There was like, okay, I'll do it. Unbelievable. So it, it was one of those things. So when that happened, I was like, well, I'll do that. And I had no idea what wine was. And when I got that chance to say winemaking, I thought I'm going to be making hunters. I'm going to be making, mm. and then you get to Stellenbosch, it's like, oh yeah, those are ciders. Mm. <laughs> and you're mm. like, oh, it's not wine. Mm. But, when I arrived, because the guy who had recruited us, Jabulan Jangase, he gave us wine to taste for the first time I had to taste wine. Mm. So, you know, when somebody explains something they enjoy the most, he put this red liquid in a glass and talk about plums and the, all the foods you pick up and you're thinking, can you just shut up? Cause, you know, can I, like, can sip you, my, yeah, can I uh, yes, cause this is going to be delicious. Exactly. <laughs> and then you take a sip and then you realize that this is the most horrible thing in your mouth and you're thinking, what was he talking about exactly? Uh, so that was basically, One of those things. And also my scholarship had said, they asked me that, do you know it's going to be in Afrikaans? And I was like, "Um, it's fine, I'll learn. I can't
1: believe, sorry to interject, that given the story that you've told me and all the future CEOs thus far, there are so many hoops that you had to jump through. There are so many barriers that you had to go just even to start the educational process of who you are today. And you still went for it, not even being a wine drinker yourself,
0: not even knowing what you're going into, but you just went on and continued. It's it's one of those where you're like, you know what? I want to change. You've got a goal in mind. Uh, You might not have the real picture of it, but all what mattered was I needed change. And that was gonna happen. So getting into Stellenbosch and I was told that it's in Afrikaans, and in my mind naively I'm going, I'm gonna learn. And then I get there, the first encounter should have made me run away and run back home, basically. Because when I arrived at Stellenbosch University, I remember standing above the library, um, because the Stellenbosch Library is underground. So standing there, all I see is this like I'm I don't know, like it was white people everywhere. And you don't even say a black person. Okay. And they're speaking Africans; You've got no idea what they're saying passing you. And I was standing there and I remember one of these ladies, Tulaniani. I knew that she's Tulaniani later because she was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I need to go there. I couldn't pronounce it in the name that I was looking at. And I'm like, I need to go there and I point to her in the book. And she's like, no, come with me. We're going there. And you get to the hall. The lecturer speaks. Everybody laughs. You've got no idea what they're laughing about. And when everybody stands up and you're like, oh, that means they're done. So how did you complete that with Afrikaans not even being a first or second language? Well, you make plans. So what we did, we asked for tutors. Absolutely. We asked for tutors. So you'll attend the class and then you'll get tutors after that. So one thing you can say about that about you is that you're resilient and you adapt to change very quickly. You have I to. I do. I do. I think actually my fear in my first year was that like I was going to fail and I'm going to get kicked out of the university and go home. So since what are the things, because I can name two, and we
1: said that it's resilience and lack of fear. Do you attribute your success to? What are the
0: characteristics? I wouldn't say it's a lack of fear. Mm. It's like being fearful, but at the same time. Courageous. Courageous. Amen. And say, you know what? I'm scared, but you know what? I'm doing it. Yeah. you know. Resilience, is- courage, what else? Other, another two. Another two. <laughs> About you, and these are from who you are. Okay. For me, I'll say authenticity and love. Love and understanding the tribe behind you.
1: So you graduated from Stellenbosch University. What next? On the journey towards you being um, the first black female wine director and owner right here in South Africa.
0: Uh, well, I worked also what I did is I worked part time as a student at one of the wineries uh, to understand what winemaking was. Mm-hmm. And that helped me out. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends should always say, see and be seen. And I always, like, she she always forget. I'm like, no, you always tell me see and be seen. And I made sure when I got to the wine industry that I see and I be, I'm being seen. Because I'll go to seminars and you find out, I'm like, I'm the only black person here. Absolutely. Like, Love it. So um, what I also did is when I, because I got a job as now as a winemaker at Stelicaia when I finished my graduation. And I literally made a point that I go to all the most seminars that were being presented to winemakers so that I could meet people in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I was asking me as many questions as possible. Mm-hmm. And I connected myself to as many people as I could. Mm-hmm. And I did my harvest overseas and just, wow. yeah. So tell us about um,
1: how business has been. So how long have you been running um, Aslina?
0: Um, well, I've been a winemaker for 13 years at Kai, And then when I left, I started my business. But I started it before I left the company. Okay. So <laughs> it's always uh, my first vintage for Aslina was 2014. Wow. 2014 vintage, which actually I only launched in 2016. Really? Yes. And the hardest part of your journey has been what? Well, I wouldn't say uh, whatever. whenever I look at this hardship, I always look at them as, I'm not sure if I look at them as challenges but I try not to see anything that's going to block me. It's like there's always a silver lining on something that I'm that's looking a great at. Attitude. So um I always struggle to look what are the difficulties mm. because I always, like now if I talk about as any entrepreneur, mm. financial issues, mm. but I've managed to make sure that even when I talk to my clients, I'm like, you know what? You want this volume of wine. Mm. I won't be able to give you this volume. I'll give you a little bit. Mm. But there is growth if you want to grow with me. Absolutely. You know, and they're always that. willing. And then yeah. they always say, okay, fine. But we can also assist if you need, you know. And then just to have open discussion with your, with your clients. Mm. Because it is very important. I cannot say Authenticity, them, as you ot- say. That authenticity. They know it's like, oh, we're going to sell your wine in this country. And, and like, oh, that is fantastic. I want to be there. But there's slight problem. I've got, the volume is not enough for you, mm. you know, and then we discuss how we're going to grow. Cause like. What matters is to meet people who shares the same vision, who shares your best interest while they're building their
1: companies too. You know what? That's why they always say in our space as entrepreneurs, you can't do things alone. You have to have partnerships and collaborations and teamwork. And that's why we're here today because the UK wants to collaborate with Africa to create global economies. Two last questions. When it comes to business and when you want to grow as a business,
0: skills or connections? Both. Both. It you need, ends. I'll say, skills, connection, and passion. Yes. Because when you talk about something that you believe in, yes. and you have belief in that, yes. people will buy into that. And if you just speak because you just want to do. And get it you through know, and get exactly. it out of the way. Yeah. I've cracked into the mar- some of the markets in the U.S. where unbelievable. Where I was like, they asked me, so why are you doing this? You can't just do something for just for money. Because mm. if you're doing it for money, then mm. you might as well stop. Okay. Bottom lines, we all want to make money at the end of the day, but there must be a bigger vision than just making money because life is not just about money. There's something more to it.
1: You validated the power of collaborative teamwork and partnerships. So tell us what those mean in the context of growing the business, growing outside the African continent and growing your brand. And you can be specific about which country or not, but just tell us how important that is. To grow and to scale your business as an, as a black female entrepreneur in a space where not many black females have operated.
0: I think it is very important that you do collaborations because that expand your knowledge firstly as an individual, as an entrepreneur. Um, and also you find that you collaborate with people who are within that space and they will actually help you to extend your brand. Like example, when I started, um, I collaborated with an American winemaker. Um, Helen Keplinger, we did a blend together and that blend, when it started selling in the US, that's when I managed to introduce Aslina Wines to say, actually this is the collaboration we've made but here is also my individual wine and then with that it Basically exploded the market and doing also collaboration in France. I did a consultation for Afri- uh, for, um, a winemakers collection. Wow. And so they invite an international winemaker to make a specific wine. It get branded with your picture and the, love, and your love. name in the country. So it was basically the collaboration of South African winemaker and the French winery. And I had my wines again out there, which sold all over the world. Nonetheless, I can say that I couldn't even afford a bottle of that wine, which was very fantastic. Which is very but, fantastic. But I had my own allocation, so there was no need really no. to afford it.
1: <laughs> you know what? Just saying that a couple of us are on the executives of future CEOs, we enjoy our wine. That's just a little nudge, nudge hint hint. So yes. that- Last <laughs> gem that really comes from your heart to aspiring, upcoming, high potential entrepreneurs out there, especially as black females. What could you say to motivate us about our vision and our dreams about our business?
0: You know, someone has been saying something to me um, lately that if you cannot, if it doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. But also, I think I believe that if you want to do something, don't give yourself options. I think when, as long as you get into something and you're like, oh, yeah, if it doesn't work, then I'm going to do this. The minute you open that door, close that door, just say this is it. And it ends here and build that. I love it. And we're right here coming
1: to you from Cape Town. You will not believe the 360 view. Isn't it beautiful?
0: Done. the 360 it's view we have missed.
1: it's just doing it and that's our power woman session with the beautiful intelligent innovative winemaker and director of aslina Wive, and siki from me chubin boyer arnold future ceos and this is our power woman segment bye
0: this power woman feature is brought to you by the uk department for international trade Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.